Hey, welcome to Younger and Older. This is Jason and Dave hanging out at the studios of Relate365.com in the beautiful Northwoods of Wisconsin at Silver Ranch. And uh, it's a show about, you know, two different perspectives, a younger perspective and an older perspective. And we love hanging out and having those conversations and sharing those with you as we talk about some lighthearted things and some deep things and everything in between. It's, it's a lot of fun just hanging out and having those conversations. And I encourage you to have those sort of conversations, you know, get get a friend, get a mentor that can challenge your belief system in a sense of, you know, just having, you know, with age come wisdom, comes wisdom. And I think you can you can learn a lot from each other. Yeah, you know what? And I think with age just comes experience. There's no yep. way to fake experience. You, right. If you've gone through something, you've gone through something. Yeah. And uh, there's no way to fake going through it. So sometimes I think young people, especially, are turned off by the idea, "Oh, you're old, so you think you know things." Yeah. And I keep saying, "No, I don't. I don't think I know things. I think I've experienced things." Yeah. And. And you know how to respond. You've learned through that. Well, and maybe you have, maybe you haven't. But the bottom line really is that's why we get upset when we're told by our grandparents that they walked to school both ways, you know, I mean, uphill in the snowstorms and whatever it might be, because it's like, yeah, 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 that's not for me. Right. What they're really saying is, you know, life used to be different. Yeah. And what you can do is get a perspective. Recently, I went to a um, conference, which I won't name, but I went to a conference that was totally out of my norm. And I did that on purpose. I wanted to go and listen to perspectives and ideas and things from people who loved God that weren't in my normal circle, you might say. Oh, totally. And it was really good for me to do that. Not, Not that I came away with any overly profound difference in life, but I loved hearing a perspective of people who weren't like me. Right. Who loved God and wanted to honor God and use their talents for him. And that was an important perspective to, to hear. Yeah. Uh, so I think it's important that, that what we do is we cross generational gaps, but we don't think somebody's smarter. That's not the case. But somebody can be more experienced. Right. And so what we want to do, if we're smart, if you're a young person and you, you really want to excel, take the experience of an older person, take it and make it your own, and then realize that that's what they get to share with you, the experiences of life. Right. Uh, Someone like myself, I've already gone through the death of both of my parents and one of my in-laws, and and there's a history of understanding how to go through the aging process with those you love. Someone that's younger still doesn't know how to do that. Mm -hmm. They will, they will, or, how to go through a, a sudden death if it's not going to be an aging process, but either way, somebody dies. Right, right. Um, you know, one of the one of the questions that came up at this conference, I was like, not one of the questions, but one of the themes that they were talking about was the fact that in our culture, we do not talk about death. Uh-huh. When death is so prevalent and so real, especially everywhere else in the world. Yeah. And they talk about it everywhere else in the world. Right. But not in the Western world. We act like it's not going to happen. Right. So why is that? Why do we avoid something that's so obviously stark and real and will happen? I think it's because we're so focused on the enjoyment of life. And because that doesn't fulfill the enjoyment of life, it scares a lot of people. And so rather than facing it and 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 just dealing with it, they just tuck it off to the corner. And I think that's an attribute in our culture is if we don't like something, we just shove it to the side. And and if we shove it to the side, it doesn't go away, though. Right, but we try to tell ourselves that it goes away. And then when it does come, it's such a shock. Right. 
because right. we didn't realize it was coming. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I know my wife and I, we've talked a lot about different things just because of the fact we've been married this year, will be 40 years. And it, we were talking about her dad and her mom just uh, died not too long ago suddenly. And her dad has Parkinson's and is struggling. Yeah. And we were just communicating uh, about various things and just wondering if really he would like to join his wife but yeah. won't talk to us about it. Right. I wouldn't find that odd, by yeah. the way. I don't think that uh, I told my wife I would not talk to my children about my desire not to be here anymore. Right. I just wouldn't do that. Right. But I told her it'll be there, believe me. If I'm waiting to you know, go into this next life, I'm not afraid to leave this life. Right. So it, it won't be like I'm hoping I can hang on for another breath. Right. So just so you know that, I just may not talk about it yeah. at that point because uh, people need time to process. But the truth is death is a real thing, and it's going to happen to every single person that's listening. Yeah. And we need not fear it if we understand what happens in life and in death. Yeah. So here's what bugs me. Let me ask you how, how to solve this because I don't know how to solve it at my age. I'll see if I can solve it. You solve it. Um, people talk about – we just talked uh, – the last – podcast and if you uh, get podcasts I encourage you to go listen to the last one relate365.com and you can listen to the younger older podcasts there one of the things that concern me is when I hear somebody say even like in the storm that we had right the derecho the derecho that we suffered here at Silver Birch Ranch I people have said well isn't God good nobody lost their life mm. I don't know how to answer that right because if somebody lost their life, the implication to me is that God is no longer good. Hmm. But somebody could have easily lost their life, and God would have still been good. Right, or even gotten seriously injured or something. Yeah, yeah. so what do you do with that when somebody starts talking about the goodness of God because he gives me whatever I want, and I'm healthy, and I'm wealthy, and I'm comfortable, so God is good? Even though I understand what they're saying, right. Is he not good to then to those who are in wheelchairs? Is he not good to Johnny Erickson Tata? I would say he's still just as good. How how is he good to Johnny Erickson Tata when she's in a wheelchair? He's still faithful. Okay, you know? and that's, you know, and I, I think it's one of those things, Dave. That and, and you mentioned this in the, in that podcast. So really, you should go listen to that if you haven't. Yeah. You know, but um, one of the things that that you mentioned is that. You know, sometimes you have to take what you believe. And even though you know you believe it, you have to put it into action. Yep. You know, and I think this is one of those things is that we know God is good all the time. I mean, we even have that phrase, God is good. All the time. All the time. Yep. You know, and we say that, but we need to start believing that, you know, because I even said, you know, I, as I talk about the storm, yes, I'm thankful that I'm only talking about trees. Right. And you know what? God would still be good and he'd still be showing off miracles even if somebody did get hurt in that storm. Right. The only difference would be is there would be different emotions that would go with it. It right. doesn't change God's goodness. It might change my, re you know, my physical human reaction and how I, how I deal with that. But it shouldn't change the way that I view God. And, right. that's, and, 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 and for those of you listening, it's like, well, well, how do you know that? It's like, well, you know, that's part of the process. You know, I don't know how my, my emotions would go. I don't know how I would cope with that, but I do know that I would cling to the fact that God is good. Why? Because that's, that's the, the one truth that I know that in that situation didn't change. Right. 
you know, and that's that's how we get through that situation then. Right. You know, and I think that coupled with, you know, even this conversation that we're having here about death is that the reality of is, is that, you know what, this this life is temporary and we need to not only believe that, but understand that. Absolutely. You know, and and that's why. And prepare for it. And prepare for that, because if you live your life knowing that this life is temporary, it changes things. It does. Because then it's not about here and now. Mm-hmm. It's about what's next. And that's, that, that's, that's the life that we see, you know, God telling us about, is that we should be living now for the future. Absolutely. Now, I'll get on my bandwagon, I mean, on my soapbox here, because one of the things that I love talking to college students about, especially at the Nicolay Bible Institute, is I always will tell them, God is not good. And then they look at me funny. Yeah. I say, he's right which makes him good. Right. And then they're thinking, okay, now I'm confused. Right. The simple, the simple thing that we have to understand is the word good is troublesome to use right. because it needs a comparison to something. Right. And the Bible, all the way through the Bible says, who are you going to compare God to? Right. There is no comparison. Yeah. So for me to say, uh, let's use it in a simple term, for me to say a hamburger is good. Right. What do I mean by that? It's good compared to another hamburger. Exactly. That's right. So if I'm saying God is good, I'm saying he's good compared to what? Right. You can't use that phrase in yeah. that. Now, is God good? Yes, if you use the word good correctly, which right. means perfect. Right. In that sense. Yeah. If you're going to use it, remember Jesus once was called good, and he said, don't call me good. And then he kind of corrects it, only the Father is good. And I don't remember the exact words there, but he was yeah. basically pointing saying only the Father is good. He was doing the same thing I'm talking about right now. He's saying, okay, right. you've got to understand something. There is one that's good, but we're talking about perfect. Right. And that's only God who, who's that. Yeah. So don't use the word if you're talking not about God. And he was God, so you could use it with him. But he was making a point for some reason so that people would, understand the trouble of making God good or bad. Now, we have to remember, too, that there were a time where there were many, many gods that people made small g's. Yeah. And and they were trying to get those gods to bless them and give them things, and that's how they evaluated everything, right. whether they were given things yeah. and, and comforts. And so now the God of the universe gets stuck under that same label, which is not right yeah. you know, to do. But I think it's kind of interesting that, that especially in your generation right now, the songs that are sung often emit some kind of emotion. Yeah. And people are trying to have the right emotions about situations. Right. When maybe they should have a broken heart. Right. Uh, throw something by you. Uh, the titles of Jesus. Yeah. One of them was he was a man of sorrows acquainted with grief. Hmm. Now, this is the king of the universe. Why would he be acquainted with sorrow? Why, why is he a man of sorrow? Yeah. And not, you think, this is Jesus. He did everything right. He knows God. Why isn't he a man of absolute joy? Well, I think it's because it's a reality, you know, and, and because because Jesus was fully human, he had to understand, you know, like like even in a situation like with our storm, if somebody were to have, have died, you right. know, God is still perfect, but it doesn't mean that there's not grief or sorrow. Absolutely. And that's and that's the key. And so in order to do that, you know, Jesus had to model 
what is grief and sorrow yep you know and i think that's that's what you're getting at well and and it could be this and i don't know i'm speculating but it could be if you always saw what it could be but it's not there yet yeah but you know what it could be if it were there Mm -hmm. you know maybe you're just full of sorrow in that sense right where you're seeing the potential that i see and that i understand is not being lived out Mm -hmm. so jesus would understand yeah what man should be living like he would understand what it's going to be like one day in the presence of god for eternity he understands that right so he's living on this earth looking at us right we don't understand that we're living as if we know nothing at times right I would say, how could he not be a man of sorrows? He's looking at those that he loves, mm-hmm. wishing that they would just enjoy God and enjoy the way they were created and look forward to the day that they're going to have, yeah. but they're not. So they can't enjoy anything because they can't put life into perspective. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think that's a very interesting little concept that, that young people especially need to struggle with is the idea, I would love for them every time there's a, a quote, crisis situation in their life, I would love for them to start with a list of things that they know, not what they feel. Hmm. And if you don't know, you need to get into the Bible and know. Yeah. Because God, the world works on feelings. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard the phrase, can all these people be wrong? I haven't. Yeah. Well, when I grew up, that was pretty popular. It's like, really, there's a whole nation that, that doesn't know Jesus. They say works is the way to salvation. Uh, a whole group of people that that are in the um, uh, Islam faith yeah. that disagree. Can all of these people be wrong? Right. Well, when you look at it, you say, okay, what you're saying is that we as people, by a majority of thought, can determine what's right and wrong. Hmm. That's not true. Right. So you, you started with a false premise. Right. So what you need to do is back that bus up and say, it doesn't have anything to do with a group of people saying this is right or wrong. Right. Otherwise, what happens is the homosexual agenda, the, that, that all comes out and say, well, you know, I don't want to make someone feel badly. Right. Well, you know what? Actually, sorry, but feeling badly is part of life when you do something wrong. Right. That, that's part of it. And if you want to take that away, um, when you have, you have three boys, correct? I do, yep. When they do something wrong, should they feel badly about doing it wrong? Yeah. So you're not trying to protect their feelings if they, you know, let's say one of them spit in one of the other guy's faces, which would happen with boys. With boys, yes. Sometimes too much. So if, let's just say somebody did that, and wouldn't you want to see a little bit of sadness over what they did? Right. You want to see some sort of remorse for what they did. You know, otherwise it's like, man, you know. Yeah, so... Sadness and remorse isn't necessarily bad. If, right. If um, if and some, the hope is is that they see it so they can learn from it. Exactly. You know. I mean, it's a tool. So for us to guard against it, right. for me to go to somebody and say, "Well, just because you feel this way, whether it be I don't care what it is, anything that that you're going against God in." Yeah. Let's say you're going against Him in the idea of uh, premarital sex, or or your homosexual agenda, or you're just greedy, or whatever, whatever, and you're saying, "Well, I'm." I'm doing this. Well, what you do is you surround yourself with people yeah. who won't make you feel badly about this. Mm-hmm. Is it bad or badly? Uh, badly. 
Uh, okay, good. I want to make sure I got this grammatically correct. Maybe. Maybe. You're not asking <laughs> the right person. <laughs> well, you surround yourself with people who basically say what you want them to hear yeah. so that you're not convicted. Right. Because did you ever wonder why Christians through history were um, hated? It's because they went against popular opinion. Yeah, they had a stand on something. Right. And so that destroys the idea of surrounding yourself with somebody saying it the way you want to hear them. Right. So now you hate them. And if you can eliminate them, then you don't have to listen to them and you can be, quote, right. Right. In what you believe. That's a pretty dangerous thought process, by the way. Right. Uh, when you think about it. Oh, totally. There has to be a right and there has to be a wrong. And so I'm encouraging you as a young person and those that are listening, when, when you uh, hear the phrase, uh, God is good, Mm-hmm. I don't think you need to go into a, a rant or a rage about it because that's not going to be very helpful. Yeah. But I would love for your brain to kick in and say, yes, he is. He's good because he's right. And I may not understand it all right now. Yeah. But he's still good because he's right. And what I have to do is adjust my thinking to get in line with his thinking. Yeah. When I do that, now all of a sudden I have somewhere to go with this. Mm-hmm. Um, but how do you teach kids that? I mean, you have some young boys in your house. How do you, uh, do, do you, have you ever had a discussion about death with them? Yeah. Okay. You know, and, and, and sometimes they don't, you don't know what they pick up or not. Right. You know, cause even, you know, I even come across like my, my oldest son, he uses words sometimes. It's like, well, what does that mean? Well, I don't know. Yeah. You know? And so sometimes Pretty you, typical. Yeah. you know, you try to explain things to him and you don't know how much they pick up, you know, but they pick up something. Right. And it's just the process of continuing to, to take the opportunities that come and try to explain it because you're helping them understand the framework of those concepts. Right. You know, it's not something that you're going to explain once and they'll be like, oh, I get it. Because as adults, we still have to, like you said, have to explain it to ourselves to right. make sure that we are understanding it properly. Right. You know, and, and the same, it's just a process with them too, is every opportunity you get, you say, all right, let's talk about this. You know, or they say something, it's like, well, what does that mean? You know, <laughs> my oldest son does that all the time. I'm like, what does that mean? I don't know. <laughs> you know, and so then you just try to explain yeah, it. Well, he's him. just a sponge picking up whatever anybody says. Right. Uh, you know, because even, even we try to explain to him, to, you know, the, the, what a bully is. Yeah. You know, and then he starts saying, well, you know, it starts calling his brothers a bully. It's like, well, what does bully mean? I don't know. <laughs> you yeah. know he's just, you teach him a new word. He's like, all right, I'll use the new word, you know. Yeah. So. I heard, you know, with, with children, I heard an illustration. There was a speaker that was speaking at this conference I was at, and they were telling me, they were telling the whole group about this encounter they had with their daughter. Yeah. And how uh, they thought, oh, there was this breakthrough for, you know, I think she said for 10 minutes or something, she was able to talk about something very significant, and the daughter was just looking at her, nodding, and, and she was in her head going, yay, she's getting it finally, whatever she was talking about. And then but at the end of it, she said, Mom, Mom said, yes, waiting for this profound question, and she said, is it okay if you eat Play-Doh? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it was, you know, like, where did I lose her along yep. the way here? Yep. Oh, yeah. Um, and that's just the reality of it. Well, you know, I, th- I think one of the important things is that, that you introduce things to young people at, at age-appropriate times. Right. right. And our culture's losing that a little bit because yep. of media. Oh, totally. Um. I think there is a time, and, and I, if you would have said you haven't really talked to your kids about death, I, I would understand that at this point. They're young. They're, some of them are t- 
too young. Right. Well, and, it, and but, sometimes it's in the concept of, all right, that frog died because you dropped right, it. Right. You know, well, what does that mean? It's yeah. like, well, it's not going to hop anymore. It, exactly. <laughs> you know, like it's not, you know, like I exactly. said, it's it's a framework. Yeah. You know, or you got to put the fish back in the water. Otherwise, it's going to die. Yeah. What does that mean? Yeah. You know, it's just like you see it in other ways, too. And it's a concept like if you don't take care of it, you know, right. in that sense. And and I think that's very important to grab because really what what's happening in our culture, if I, if I were a parent today of young people, I would be so careful about the media that went into their head. Yeah. There There is a time where things are appropriate to talk about and even experience or maybe even see. But but you need to ask God when that is with each child. And it could be different, Yeah, you know, with each child. But I tell you, young children that watch some of these things where there's there's killing going on on the screens and video games where there's killing and where they, you know, they begin to, believe it or not, they begin to think you can hit a reset button after you kill somebody mm. and do it all over again. Right. And that's not really the case. And not only that, th- this is not appropriate for them at a certain age to s- even know that that goes on. In my case, I'm 63 years old, and somebody isn't appropriate for me to look at. I, I don't want to watch people slaughtering each other and being evil. Right. I mean, if, if watching evil is entertaining to you, then you have to ask yourself, what is wrong with my thinking? Because mm-hmm. now you're being entertained by people doing things that they should not do. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, you can read the Bible. You want to see a place where it's put in the correct context, the Bible does that. It tells you the good, bad, and the ugly. It tells you the whole story. Yeah. And it ends, it begins with in the beginning, it ends with in the end, here's what happens, and you can make the decisions then along the way. Right. And it allows you to, to fill in the details. And so I think it's, it's very important that we do age-appropriate things, just like God does age-appropriate things for us. Right. Um, by that I mean, Bible tells us that he's not going to put us in a situation that's going to be too hard for us mm-hmm. as we walk with him and love him. Right. He knows exactly what Dave Wager needs today. I don't even know that. Yeah. So he will deliver it to me. And what I need to understand is he's giving it to me in a way that I can deal with it. Yeah. Because he knows I'm ready to deal with it. Yeah. In that sense. If you try and, and help somebody before they're ready, not going to happen. Yeah. You know, it's just not going to happen. Um, so I remember my daughters used to like to take, my my mom, when she was alive, had a golf cart up here, and, and my kids used to drive it all over the place. And, mm-hmm. and when she uh, died, we still had the golf cart, and, you know, my daughter was out one day and crashed it. I really shouldn't have been letting her drive it by herself. <laughs> yeah. And so in some re- respects, that could have been my problem. Yeah. Um. But in, in other respects, she just, and sometimes I'm not always in tune with when somebody's ready or not. Right, right. Uh, my wife was still like, you know, you learn differently in life. I learned to, <laughs> my wife is a, is a teacher and we like to downhill ski. So we, you know, when the kids were low, we took them out west and, and skied with them. Actually, grandpa took them out west and skied. And uh, the first time we took them out, my wife said, you take, uh, Sarah, our youngest, and I'll take Krista, our oldest, and you know we'll start at the top of this mountain and we'll we'll teach them how to ski. It's a, it was a green one that we stopped at. Yeah. And so I see I'm watching Linda, you know, do this with the kids out there, and she's she's with my oldest daughter, and she's showing her all this stuff. And my younger daughter looks at me, and I say, "Point the skis down and let's go." <laughs> 
she wiped out in uh-huh. just a few feet. Yep. And, uh, you know, I stopped and helped her. I said, point him down again. And, and so now my wife's appalled yeah. by this. And eventually skis over me and says, I'll teach both of them. <laughs> and I thought, why? What's wrong with my method? That's right. This is how I learned. Yeah. You know, I got on skis, and I remember the first two times down, I broke the skis. It was at a little place in the wow. Midwest. That's impressive. I didn't know how to stop, so I ran into trees. Pizza slice. Oh, yeah, well, I, nobody told me. <laughs> Even though your thighs would be burning. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> nobody told me, and I just, I, I'm down at the bottom going, how do you stop? That's right. And just I, laid out. So I just ran into a tree. You ran into a tree. And, well, and I don't. I think I would have tried a lot of other things than running into a tree. Well, the trees, the Midwest, the trees were pretty close. Oh, okay. And so the ski broke. Now, this is, believe it or not, nobody, these were leather boots with straps, with, with uh, metal straps that held them on the skis. These were like World War II skis or oh, something. Oh, wow. There's this little place in Wisconsin that was just, you know, T-bar lift and just really a funny place. Yeah. And, and I had a sweat. I must have looked like a nightmare. I had a sweater that my grandma knit. <laughs> it was 100% wool. Yeah. And I was skiing in this sweater. I thought I looked really cool. But by the end of the day, it was past my knees. <laughs> <laughs> because it all stretched out. Oh, I, yeah. But second time down the hill, same thing. And each time I went in, the guy just handed me a new ski and put it on and eventually I was watching other people. I learned at least how to fall. Well, that's good. And uh, by the end of the day, I was skiing. So I thought, that's how you learn. Oh, yeah. You just go down. So everybody learns differently. Yep. And I think that we have to allow that in life. There's different, you know, your three kids, They boy, they're going to be different in how they learn. Uh-huh. They already are different in how they learn. Yeah, and if you're wise, what you do is you adjust to their learning style. You don't right. insist that you can do it this way. Yeah. You Absolutely. Know. That way they can pick it up, you know, because it's, it's an ongoing thing. Yeah. And plus it says something about your faith. Do you really believe that God is going to work in your children's life when it's appropriate? Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course he is. Yeah. Look for it. Right. Don't waste that opportunity. Don't give it to television. Don't give it to other media. You look for these opportunities for your children to grow and develop and to become the young men that God wants them to be because he's going to do that. Yeah. But you need to look for it and not let it happen by mistake. Right. Um, and I think you do. I think as we watch you over in the crowd over at camp, you're always looking for teaching opportunities uh, in your kids' lives. And, and it's a little more difficult uh, sometimes if you're in public. Yeah. Uh, because your your lives are very public in the summer. Oh, yeah. And so if you have to take care of an issue, you certainly have to take care of it in front of people. Oh, yeah. Yep. And, if a melt- uh, meltdown happens in front of people, it's like, yeah. well, let's 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 yeah. do this. <laughs> and you notice you notice that all the older people just kind of grin and walk away. That's right. They're like, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, they're thinking, oh, I'm glad those days are behind us. <laughs> yeah. But more importantly, is I'm I'm not you know if I find it amusing at all, I don't want your kids to see that. You know, what oh, I mean, I don't want them to see me laughing. Well, at Dave's something. laughing, so it must have been yeah, okay. Because you know what that does. Oh man, that, then they just want to do it. That again. just fuels the fire. Oh man. You're so I don't me. I don't want to fuel any fires. Because some of it's so typical oh, I know. that you could predict. That happens even with my wife and myself. Sometimes they do it, and we're both looking at each other. We have to look away so we don't start cracking yeah. up. Yeah, because otherwise you're in trouble. Right. Because now this behavior is cemented. Right. And then you try to start talking without laughing. Yeah. That's a whole other challenge. But, yeah. Uh, unfortunately, we're running out of time. Hopefully, it was a, a good discussion and challenge your thinking as you listen. I encourage you to, to listen back if you need to or check out our other podcasts. Head over to Relate365.com where you can download the Younger Older series or even check out some of the other things that we offer. And if you're ever interested to come up and, and get away from the busyness of life, I encourage you to check out silverbirchranch.org. 
or the Wolf River Refuge, um, which is another ministry of ours. And they can get there on the Silver Birch page. Yep, absolutely. And uh, that way you can get away and just uh, kind of refocus and, and, and be intentional. But we thank you for joining us. We'll see you here next time. From Jason and Dave on Younger and Older, take care.